You don't need to be memorizing shit. You need to know what you want. See if they have it. If they don't, GTFO. Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives. This is Kate from San Diego. I just got invited to the final round with a company I'm interviewing with, and the email said that I should expect it to last three hours. They say it's a series of interviews, so I'm assuming it's not a panel, but I'm not quite sure, and I'm a little stressed. Other than researching the interviewers as best as possible beforehand, how should I prepare for this style of interview? Kate! This is a great question and really, really important. This interview could determine the next one to three to five to 10 years of your career. These people could be responsible for how much money you're making, where you're living, what you're doing, what you're learning how to do. It's really important. I think think the amount of attention you're paying here is exactly right. That said, there are a lot of different ideas out there about what an interview is for and how it should be done and what kind of questions you should be preparing for and how to prepare in general. And we are pretty much here to tell you that all of that is bullshit. It's totally bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many times people ask you and I hear this all the time. Like, what are the top five interview questions that are getting asked right now? Do I need a 30 second version of this and a one minute and a three minute version of the same story? Like if people are asking such surface level questions, like tell me about a time that you struggled to communicate with a coworker. That's a red flag and you need a GTFO. Why? Because like a company who's not willing to get into the nitty gritty with you and is just asking that level question, I don't know if you want to work for them. They're not real people. They also found that question on a listicle. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> like the interviews that have proven really useful for me and, and our clients are ones where it's a real conversation between real people who are trying to work together. You're going to spend the bulk of your life with these people. And if you don't establish rapport... If you can't speak like directly and honestly, and and I kind of, I'm tempted to say like from the heart almost, Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like if you can't speak directly to the soul of what you want, like what are you even doing? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What are we doing here? You already know what you want and you're going to recognize it when you see it. I call this the no prep interview. I remember the first time that I did an interview like this. I was in this little tiny town in Idaho and I was looking for a career shift. So I was trying to move from law to something more creative. I'd been doing law for five or six years, but I wanted to do something more creative, more fulfilling. But like it was, it was getting to the point where like I needed to actually have a job. I had moved to this town in April of that year and it was now September and I had managed to like couch surf across my family's <laughs> couches and good graces like the whole year. I had done it really well but like <laughs> my self-respect and my ability to pay my own bills was coming up on an end. So I was talking to my dad and he's like well you just need to get a job and pay your bills and like figure out what you want later because maybe now's not the time to make this career shift. You, you got to get your head above water right? And I was like all right dad. He's like and then remember this is an old school town so you you need to like print your resume, get your ass on the pavement Stomp and just go. Pavement, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I started the courthouse because uh, I knew the judge was looking for a clerk and I kind of went in like ever widening circles from there. Just anyone and everyone that had like law firm and sons and blah, blah, like six last names and an ampersand, <laughs> like whatever. And I, I got down to like my I don't know, 16th or 17th resume. So like it'd been a long day. 
And I, I came around the corner, saw this building and there's a law firm. And then I like looked up above it and there was a name of a magazine that I know exists in this town. It is literally the name of the town magazine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot that. Um, and it was in the same building. So I went to the law firm, did my due diligence and then was like, you know what? I want to go upstairs and figure out what's happening with this magazine. So I walk in. First person I find is the accountant. And I asked him, I was like, are you guys hiring? He's like, well, what can you do? I was like, well, I can write. He's like, great, we're hiring a writer. I was like, wait, really? And he's like, yeah, let me walk you down to the managing editor's office. Walks down the hall, bangs on the door. Hey, managing editor, this is Vanessa. She's looking for a writing position. Sat down right there, did an interview. Sat down right there, did an interview. Yeah. The managing editor was like, are you prepared for this conversation? I said, yep. And he said, okay, can you write? I said, yes. Here's all the times and places I have to write. Here's things in my last legal job that where I was like writing all the time. I wrote probably 3,000 to 5,000 words a day. He was like, great. He moved on. He moved on. He moved on. Because he had determined that I could do the thing he needed someone to do. Right. What was the rest of the interview? Was that the, was that the end of the interview? No, no. <laughs> it went on for another 45 minutes. But like at that point, we shifted gears. I was interviewing him. He pulled out his magazines and and he just said, what do you think about him? I'm an avid magazine reader. Like everyone who, you know, grew up watching The Devil Wears Prada always want to work at a magazine at some point in their life, right? Like this is our jam. 13 going on 30, <laughs> yes, the whole thing. All, all the things. Like, <laughs> yeah. did you ever want to like be a magazine editor and like live the sweet life the, in New York? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all your little fantasies are coming true, right? So like I know a bit about magazines, but I, I really didn't know anything about the industry from the inside. So I started asking all kinds of questions. Why these three magazines? What's your audience look like? What's your business model? How are you making money? Is it viable? And then who's on this team that's working on this? Like who else do I have to, do I have to work with? And how much are you expecting me to produce a day? I learned all of that in the next 45 minutes. I was interviewing him and he, <laughs> he liked it enough that he brought me back. How did you feel during the interview? Oh, it was incredible. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was having a real conversation with a real person and I was being myself. I was having just a conversation between two people about his work, his industry, my previous experience, what I could bring to the table. And never did he ask me. When was one time that you struggled in communication with <laughs> exactly. a colleague? Like, tell me about the top three projects you're most proud of. Like, yeah, we talked about my past work, but it was not those questions you find in like everyone's fucking listicle or those weird questions that get passed around. None of those like weird questions like, what do I need to prep for it? And I think this is what Kate's asking. How do I prep for this interview? What questions do I need to prepare? What answers do I need to memorize? You don't need to be memorizing shit. You need to know what you want and like put your whole self out there and then be prepared to ask them, like dig into their life, their work and their team and everything. Make sure that's what you want. And really, Kate, that's the answer to your question. What enables you to walk into an interview without preparing is the fact that you already know what you want. This is why we call this the no prep interview. You've listened to all our episodes. You've done all your pre-work. You know what's what. And it needs to be on kind of autopilot so you can focus on what you want. So let's talk about how to use an interview to get what you want. Kate, as much as your Zoom interview is three hours long, the first five or six minutes are going to be, can she do the actual tasks that need to happen? And the truth of the matter is they're looking for someone to do some tasks that currently no one's doing and it's becoming a crisis. In the very golden ideal world, 
You have let your manager know that you're leaving. Everyone's happy. It's for something better or like cool or whatever. And you've given them six weeks notice and they've had the chance to hire someone and you're training them. Like this, this is what everybody wants. How often does that happen? Like literally never. What happens more often than not is somebody pulled a bandaid off, said, here's my two weeks. And any time between one day and 14, that hiring manager has to get a rec approved, get a salary approved, get an exit interview for the person leaving, get HR to post the damn thing online. By the time that all this red tape is happening and bureaucratic <laughs> nonsense has taken place, it's a month later. You're, yeah. You've been gone for two weeks and there's no overlap. There's no training. There's no transition. And they're sorry out of luck. That's right. And what that means is the hiring manager, the recruiter, everyone in this interview chain is in scarcity. They need you really bad. So what they need the most to know at the top of the interview, at the top of the three hours, three hour Zoom call, can you do the job? That's it. And you know what? You can. You totally can. You wouldn't even be here if you couldn't do the job. I think on some level, everyone knows this by the time you're in that interview chair. Yeah, you got up, got dressed, got there on time. You've accomplished 90% of what they need you to do. <laughs> Show up and be on time. Congratulations. I, good job, team. If we say that's the first five to six minutes of the interview, what is the remaining two hours and 44, <laughs> no wait, 54 I, to 55 minutes? <laughs> Listen, I don't do math in my head. The rest of that time is fit. They're looking for red flags that would make you absolutely heinous to work with. And so long as they don't see any of those and bonus points, if they see things they like about you, great, you've got it. What that means for you is that you're in control of the remaining 95% of that interview. You're in control because your job is to figure out whether they're the right fit for you. You're there to figure out if they have what you want. You do this every day of your life. I do it when I'm shopping. This is how I shop for shoes. So I have a size 11 shoe, which is difficult to find. God bless you. <laughs> right? Difficult to find, especially something cute, because I do not want to be wearing Dr. Scholl's the rest no. of my life, right? Jeez. So what I do is I always have a certain amount of money in my bank account set aside for shoes. And anytime I see some place that I know will carry a size 11, I walk in, I look at the shelves, I pull out every size 11, I put them on a bench or on the top of the shelf, whatever it is. And then I take a look at what I've got. Okay. They have size 11s. Cool. That's the first five minutes of your interview. Yep. They have shoes that are size 11. Now, what do I want? I happen to be looking for black flats right now. So is, is this pile of 11s black flats? Yes or no? If it's yes, I'll try them on. I'll see what works. Is it a good fit? <laughs> what? It wasn't even planned. A seven-year-old would love that. <laughs> but like if, if they don't have what I want, I'm going to go. You should treat interviews the same way. First five minutes, they need to know that if you can do the job. The answer is yes. The next 45 is your your time. It's your show. You get to decide, do they have what I want? You get to interview them. You drive the conversation because you're the only one who knows what you want. Amen. And that means that interviews are not a crisis because all you're trying to do is match it up. Do they have what you want? That's it. Which leaves us with... How do I know what I want? How do you know what you want? That's the question. Kate, when you hear that question, maybe you're like, oh, I know what I want. I know exactly what I want. I know my next three moves. I know where I'm trying to get. I know I want that VP role. Awesome. Or maybe you don't. I've been there. I think we've all been there. And I would, I'm pretty sure that most people don't know what they want at any given moment. Or, or they've maybe thought about it. Like, mm. like when you go to bed at night and like everybody's got that period where like their mind's still racing, like, oh my God, what the fuck did I forget this time? Right. But after all that's died down, you've closed your eyes, you're just about to fall asleep. There's one thing you're still thinking about. That's the thing you want. 
and I could sound all like kind of airy fairy and oh like whatever and like woo woo. But like <laughs> the fact of the matter is what you spend all day or all night thinking about, that's what you want. And it's going to sound crazy. It's going to sound absolutely fucking ridiculous to everyone in your life because it's so off book from what you're doing. What I want, everyone's going <laughs> to Proceed. Gonna I, who have not finished my bachelor's degree yet, would like to be a religious studies professor by the end of my life. I know that within the core of my being, and it is what I think about every day I have since I was probably 10 or 15. I, I love this topic. I love having these conversations. I want nothing more. You know this. I want nothing more than wall-to-wall books on religious topics to be sitting around with a group full of friends, some charcuterie, some drinks. We're having some conversation about the Hegelian dialectic and Eliade and like ritual and what it does for us. We got to cut her off. She's going to keep going. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. Sorry, sorry. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's what I want. And like, that's all I think about. Like I've come to the realization that that is what I want and nothing will stop me. And that means right now, today, I have to put in some systems, finishing a bachelor's degree, getting a master's degree, getting a PhD, God damn it. Like put those in place to get that done. Before right. I do any of that, I need some fucking money. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you all the interviews that I've ever done in my entire life, every single one of them, go check my LinkedIn. I've had a lot of them, right? The only person, the first person to have ever asked me the only question that matters in an interview which is, what do you want, is my current manager. He said that in the middle of our interview. He said, Vanessa, what do you want? And I said, without hesitation, I want to be a religious studies professor. <laughs> and, and there was a little bit of a, that's off book, f- face. But then I said, I have a moment here between 35 and 45 where I just want to make a shit ton of money, doing something I love, and I think that's marketing, and I do want to do it with a good team, and I think that team's here. And that was not crazy to him. The only thing he was in shock of still was that someone had answered that question without hesitation. Kate, this panel is probably not going to ask you what you want. No. But it's your job to know. Because what you need to spend 95% of that interview driving toward is can they give it to you? Are they capable of of getting you to what you want? Do they even have it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, you're you're going to be able to see all the red flags, all the green flags, all the pink flags (laughs) in the course of these three interviews. You're going to see the verticals. You're going to be able to match up all these, you're going to do all these technical things we've talked about, but that needs to be so second nature that's kind of running in the background so that you can really focus on paying attention to, do they have the ability to give me what I want? Do they have the shoes that I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. And are they going to fit? If not, walk the fuck out. You don't need them. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Plenty of companies, plenty of people hiring. Heaven help us. We have talked about this. 12 million people quitting their jobs this year. That means there are 12 million jobs out there to be had. Even if, you know, CEOs have streamlined, there's at least 8 million jobs still (laughs) to be had. You know what I mean? Like lop off four for bureaucratic bullshit. But like you need to know what you want. So you recognize it when you see it. So when that opportunity comes, you can jump. You do not have to be stressing about this. Your entire life does not have to hinge on this interview. Your entire life needs to hinge on getting what you want. This interview may be the last or the first of many in your pursuit of getting that, of getting what you want. So don't let this one, even though it's three hours, even though it's three hours on Zoom, oh my God. Don't let that phase you. In the greater context, this interview, its only importance is whether or not this company, these people are going to help you get what you want. That is the no prep interview. Know what you want. See if they have it. If they don't, GTFO. 
okay, if you don't know what you want right now, you've got this interview tomorrow, I get it. Maybe the answer for you right now, Kate, is like, I, I need a job that's a, I, I call this a plateau job, where mm. like a job that you can kind of do on, on like, autopilot. Kind of, yeah, autopilot on the back burner, like, like you, you already have the skills for this. You're probably overqualified for it. It's a really easy job that has no drama, right? It's, it's execution only, or it's like a, a skill set that you're very, you're very adept at so that you can spend the mental energy, figure out what you want. The plateau is incredible. It's a great time to work on figuring out what you want because it is it is deep mental, emotional work. It'll make you face all your demons and all your wildest fantasies, non-sexual, <laughs> maybe sexual. Um, and it can be exhausting and it can feel like an uphill battle. So you need, maybe you just right now need to pay the bills and mm-hmm. like keep the ritual of like getting up in the morning, getting dressed and getting to work. Maybe it's keeping your head above water right now, right? And And maybe... Maybe that's where you're at. It's totally fine. If that's the case, you know what to look for now. So Kate, whether you know exactly what you want today or not quite, you have got this three-hour interview. It's going to be fine. Bring your snacks, bring your water. Let's fucking go. Got a question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. Where do you see yourself in five years? Now, that's, that's a- actually not the worst question on this list. It's not terrible, but like, I, we would but rephrase just it. ask me. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yes. They're setting you up to give a specific type of answer mm. instead of asking the question they really want to know. Like, that's what I'm seeing here is like, where do you see yourself in five years? Why don't you just ask what you want to know? What do you want? Or the question that they're asking because they're a company in scarcity is like, are you going to leave me in five mm-hmm. years? In which case, like, then let's have a conversation about in that. In that case, why are your people leaving? Yeah. Let's fix the internal is before we start hiring. Like yeah. Know. Oh, this is fantastic. Out of all the candidates, why should we hire you? Well, I don't fucking know the other candidates. Yeah. Well, Gina, give me their LinkedIn, yeah. and maybe I'll figure it out for you. Should we do this right now? <laughs> I can help you figure out who to hire. I know. <laughs> don't ask Vanessa that question. She <laughs> will replace you. How did you learn about the opening? Fucking LinkedIn. Yeah. Where do I learn about anything if in corporate America? If your UTM parameters are right, you know exactly how I arrived at your forum. Okay. Okay. Marketing. <laughs> That's all.